Hello everyone, and welcome back to another talk in our multi-part series involving a thorough consideration of the 18th chapter of the Book of the Revelation, hosted here in the Bible Prophecy Masterclass. Our text for this study is, Judgment Day, Volume 1, Prelude to Armageddon, Part 1, United States of America in Bible Prophecy, by author Alvin Mitchell. I am Carol, and I will be your host. In today's episode number 21, we are continuing where we left off last time with Pandora's Box, or part 2 of the discussion begun in episode number 19. The Achilles Heel of the USA, the objective being to establish just how the nations might or will doubtless go about fulfilling God's desire to see the mightiest nation of all time demolished and burned to the ground, never to rise again. Hemp, the Venomous Fangs. Arthur Holly Compton, The Manhattan Project. The threat within the threat was actually discovered before the threat itself, deployed in 1945. Back of 25 to 30 years ago, exposure to this inner threat and its ensuing impact would have been much less of a cause for concern. Today, however, marks a brand new chapter, in a nation heavily dependent upon both the crutches of electricity and sophisticated electronics. This other half, if not the better half, of the nuclear threat officially established in 1945, is called Compton Effect, or Compton Scattering. In 1923, a physicist named Arthur Holly Compton stumbled onto the discovery of this phenomenon named in his honor independent of any work leading directly to the development of the atomic or nuclear bomb. Although years later in 1941, he would chair a committee of the National Academy of Sciences commissioned to explore atomic energy in search of any application which might have military implications and ramifications. Together with physicist Ernest O. Lawrence, it was he who was instrumental in the launch of the Manhattan Project, which created the first atomic bomb. The work for which Mr. Compton is best known won him the Nobel Prize. This work centered on the strange reaction achieved when bombarding atoms, having low atomic numbers and weights, with streams of photons from high-energy electromagnetism in the range of X-rays and gamma rays. It seems that whenever these energetic packets of light particles strike atoms of the aforementioned type, they do so at the point of the loosely held electrons in the atom's outermost shells and rings. That is where the chemical bonding of everything matter in the universe takes place. When the photon strikes the electron, it does so as when one marble strikes another on a tabletop. During this contact, an energy transfer takes place so that the photon gives up some of its energy. Hereby, the tiny electron becomes saturated with energy more than it can handle so that it cannot remain in its orbit or supercharged. The excessive excitement and a recoil throws the electron out of its orbit driving it away from the atom at a speed near that of the light, with which it was struck. This phenomenon is the driving force behind that which will in all likelihood spell the doom of Babylon the great God's justifiable pseudonym of choice for the United States of America. Electromagnetic Pulse, EMP While it was neither observed nor understood with the dropping of the first two atomic bombs on the Japanese in 1945, Compton scattering, or, recoil, is an inevitable occurrence that accompanies any nuclear explosion. This was first confirmed accidentally in 1958 and in 1962, during high-altitude hydrogen bomb explosions over the Pacific Ocean. There were ten total, all were the so-called exo-atmospheric tests, in that the blasts occurred in outer space, 
outside the Earth's atmosphere. Ignited by American nuclear weapons designers, each detonation of these bombs created a flood of gamma radiation, which upon entering and striking the oxygen and nitrogen atoms in the atmosphere, caused a momentary ionization, chemical breakdown, of these atoms. In this way, their bonding electrons were sent flying in floods toward the Earth and through it, on a roughly 8,000-mile journey to its underside, where they were repelled by the Earth's magnetic field, and, thrown back up into the upper atmosphere's magnetic field where they vibrated furiously before returning to their respective atoms. Termed an electromagnetic pulse, EMP, an intense electric field is generated by the movement of these electrons, which prevails in and throughout a whole process that can last from one one millionth of a second for the initial and most damaging pulse, to one second, sometimes slightly longer, for secondary effects that cause further damage. The impact produced is like, but far stronger, faster and briefer than a flash of lightning. One might be inclined to think, therefore, that, an occurrence as brief as that would be relatively inconsequential, and for the vast majority of the undeveloped, or underdeveloped world, one would be right. Little or nothing significant would change in these nations, in the wake of an EMP blast. For a, has been, superpower like the old Soviet Union, which also conducted similar high-altitude tests during those early years of nuclear testing drawing the same conclusions, but also following up by hardening of its electrical infrastructure, little would be noticed. However, on the other hand, in a highly developed, industrialized economy such as these United States, where electricity and electronics play so vital a role in virtually every aspect of everyday life, to the point it can well be said that they form the backbone of our society, the ringtone of this story signals ominous days upon the horizon ahead, from which there is ultimately no escape. The Achilles heel of our society is thus well established and exposed for any adversary to both see and to exploit, at his leisure, according to some authorities. Fishbowl and Starfish Prime as stated earlier, nothing significant was observed beyond the expected when Fat Man and Little Boy were dumped upon the imperialist Japanese during the waning moments of World War II. However, during the high-altitude tests conducted over the Pacific between 1958 and 1962, codename, Fishbowl, strange phenomena began to take shape almost 1,000 miles from ground zero, nothing in terms of, why, was understood until 10 years later, in 1972. In Hawaii, 800 miles from a nuclear burst nicknamed Starfish Prime, the following became a matter of public record. All over the state massive disruptions, in electrical services, in the form of 300 street lights blown, according to Wikipedia, radio stations shut down, radios and television sets failed, power lines fused together, circuit breakers tripped, burglar alarms set off, the telecommunications relay system damaged, while maritime radio navigation was shut down for 18 hours all the way to Australia. In short, anything electrical, connected to a power source or anything metal that could act like an antenna, and everything turned on at the time of the blast, suffered some form of damage from what was considered relatively weak EMP. There were no electronics to contend with in those days. The Russians also conducted high-altitude tests during the year 1962 in which they saw the following. Overhead and buried underground cables damaged, as far as roughly 373 miles away from the center of the explosion, burned-out surge arresters, fuses blown, power supply failures of various types. 
1963, the Atmospheric Test Ban Treaty, signed by the U.S. and Russia, put a stop to high-altitude nuclear explosions. It's a wolf, it's a wolf. The swan song of Chicken Little. Once the deadly consequences of a nuclear explosion were recognized as having reached far beyond the detonation, the ensuing fireball and the fallout, certain criers stood up to sing. It's a wolf, it's a wolf. They sang with all their heart, in all sincerity on the one hand, and, on the other, the sky is falling, the sky is falling, all, as it were, to a lethargic audience that might just as well have been dead, or dying, as, seeing nothing, hearing less, nobody responded. As late as October 7, 1999, nobody of any substance in America was taking the potential of EMP seriously. Subsequently, while the Russians are said to have hardened most, if not all of their electrical and electronic infrastructure in view of a possible EMP attack in recognition of that potential and the cost if left unchecked the U.S. on the other hand, is said to have done relatively little, nothing, to be exact, in the civilian and commercial sector and whatever the military claims to have done to shield against EMP is said by some to be seriously compromised and therefore flawed. Cots, the danger. In the past, significant advances in the consumer industry tended to follow new developments in military-related technology. Today, in a sense, yesterday's military leaders have become the followers, trying to capitalize on so-called letting-edge technologies, in that much of the military's electronics are said to be assembled now with what is known as COTS, commercial off-the-shelf, equipment, which was never designed with survival in an EMP setting in mind in so many words chances are pretty good they will not hold up during an electromagnetic pulse attack. Thus, U.S. vulnerability in the event of a well-orchestrated EMP attack is said to be extremely high. With the military disabled and out of commission, a hardened public-private sector might hardly matter. If so assaulted, as in a preemptive first strike, therefore, there is solemn fear, in both military and government circles, that she will not survive. This, of course, is very much in keeping with the Bible's expectation, concerning Babylon the Great, cocky, arrogant, overconfident in her wealth and national security, completely at ease and therefore, totally unaware of her vulnerabilities. But, why? Or, how? What justification is there for all the ado about EMP? The Achilles heel of Babylon the Great. Electricity and Electronics. As shown already, realistically, no one enemy nation today could ever hope to mount a successful troop-based military assault against the U.S. and win. Most assuredly, not in one hour, like a haughty giant of Goliath proportions, her generals have been heard gloating publicly, we can beat anybody, on the battlefield. Obviously, even any coalition of nations has for the moment deemed it wise to think twice. In addition, this country is simply too big and too spread out. Therefore, in order for any attack by a foreign power to be successful, they need a weak spot, a kink in our national armor. That weakness according to the DoD and others is provided by America's heavy dependence and reliance upon electricity and electronics a dependency unmatched by any other country. This is the Achilles heel of the United States of America, arrogantly left exposed by years of apathy and neglect on the part of those who thought it could never happen, in spite of repeated warnings, it's a wolf, it's a wolf, the sky is falling, the sky is falling.
One nuclear-tipped rocket, the warhead would have to be relatively large, somewhere in excess of the megaton range, launched from any enemy position so as to detonate in outer space, 200 to 350 miles or so over the state of Kansas, will produce enough EMP so that everything electrical and electronic, as long as it is turned on, from coast to coast, including portions, if not all, of Canada and Mexico to the north and south, will be either instantly seriously damaged and crippled, or completely destroyed. In short, the entire nation could conceivably be utterly devastated, brought to its knees in one fleeting moment by any one nation, properly equipped, using one single weapon, i.e., the high-altitude, electromagnetic pulse generator. This can be either a normal nuclear warhead, on an ICBM or rocket, used so as to take full advantage of only its EMP potential, or, it can be specifically designed so as to deliver EMP as its chief and only destructive force, independent of a nuclear blast the method of choice for the Russians, according to one source. Although no one would be killed or directly harmed by the blast effects, all naysayers and doubters aside, the town criers and the chicken littles would have the American public know, they have been crying officially before Congress since 1997, that the cascading impact of EMP would send the United States of America into a catastrophic nosedive, landing it in a state of ruin and a 200-year setback, from which it would never recover. In so many words, this nation would be dead nationally and internationally, in every way imaginable in a matter of only a few fractions of a second. Given the nature and the power inherent in just one electromagnetic pulse, as just described, First, the electrical and electronic infrastructure from east to west, north and south would be fried, toasted, and totally disabled. All public, commercial and government computers in operation at the time, along with everything joined by long cables and power lines, or connected to some form of antenna, would be destroyed. All communication systems would be, or could be disabled, although the phone companies are said to have claimed that they can survive EMP. Financial institutions would be shut down. The ability to conduct foreign trade would be irreparably damaged. Public services would cease, as all aspects of the transportation industry would grind to a standstill. No cars, trucks, buses, trains would run. No airplanes would fly, as the nation's fuel supply line would be permanently disrupted. Not at all inconceivably, airplanes might start to fall out of the skies, as their sensitive electronics are destroyed. Food and water supplies and other items vital to our survival would eventually run out, as mass starvation would set in along with rampant epidemics and diseases due to poor sanitation, killing multitudes. All this would happen over time, if the EMP were the only threat. Conceivably, even if the military could weather the storm of a hemp attack, as it claims it can, the armed forces could still perish in the end for want of a way to replenish supplies and equipment all aspects of industry being dead, and due to its inability to fund and mass-deploy troops and machinery, the fuel industry also being shut down. As intimated before, there are varying opinions as to how much of an impact EMP would have on the homeland, should one ever occur. Armed with at least a basic knowledge of electromagnetic pulse, and with some understanding of the 1958-62 high-altitude tests conducted both by the U.S. and the then-USSR, and the negative and damaging, far-reaching effects observed by each, it does not take an intellectual genius to see or hear the wisdom in the voices of that chicken little crowd.
Additionally, that wisdom is exacerbated not only by recent developments in so-called third-world, rogue, nations like North Korea and Iran, but by the Russians during the Kosovo crisis. North Korea is a nation which being officially still at war with the U.S. and South Korea cannot feed its people, having ceded most to starvation, yet, is said to have had the capacity to deliver a nuke to U.S. doorsteps as early as 1999, it might now have had hemp since 2015, the North even announced, as of late in 2008, that it now has enriched, weapons-grade uranium. Iran hosts the, lofty, ambition of knocking out the U.S. with one EMP. The Russo-Sino Threat In May of 1999, while NATO bombed what was then Yugoslavia, the Russian Duma is said to have threatened the U.S. with a paralysis brought on by an EMP lay down, should its policies with regard to Kosovo continue as they were at that time, this per Vladimir Lukin, former Soviet ambassador to the U.S. Chinese open-source writings are also said to have spoken of that country's intent to employ EMP as a primary weapon, should they encounter a conflict involving their bid for Taiwan. As of August 20, 2004, they were known to be actively pursuing development of EMP. Furthermore, it was feared at that time that, by 2005, they would have 30 ICBMs that can reach the U.S., and 60 by the end of the decade. Whatever their lackluster performance in the wake of these threats, U.S. officials on the other hand do not appear to have taken the intimidation voiced by the Russians or the Chinese lightly. They each have now the capability to make good on any threat to deliver a debilitating hemp strike against the United States, thereby, bringing it to its knees well within one hour, in so doing, of course, either, or, if not both acting in concert, would throw the world into a state of turmoil which would see the Russo-Arab-EU invasion of Israel followed by a Jewish period of global dominance, preceding the launch of the apocalyptic period, known as the Great Tribulation. As there would be no one willing or able to withstand the risk of trying to stop so overwhelming a force. Moreover, it appears to be common knowledge that the Russian war machine is now primarily strategic in nature, and EMP-oriented. Thus, it is fully anticipated by U.S. leaders and military war planners, that should there ever be any escalation in tensions, any serious lapse or breakdown in relations, leading to the outbreak of a nuclear exchange between the states and Russia, a preemptive first strike by the Red Army would by policy mandate a hemp lay-down, doubtless because it will be the quickest, most efficient and cost-effective route to an end that could otherwise be protracted and costly, detrimental to them, given their current, insurmountable, multifaceted crisis. See the discussion of Russia in, Judgment Day, Volume 2, Prelude to Armageddon, Part 2, Israel Catapulted to Global Superpower, also by this author. Thanks to its many nuclear warheads, which currently cannot be matched, although many should have been destroyed by now, Magog no longer has to rely on a costly, time-consuming tactical deployment of troops and equipment to wage and win a war that could drag on for years. It can now lounge in its own backyard and, at the push of a button, deliver death, unimaginable destruction and create carnage untold within minutes on any nation's doorstep, defeating any enemy, anywhere on planet Earth, including Babylon the Great all without ever leaving home. And, that is a very real threat that none is taking lightly, as Russia proceeds with its ill-fated invasion of Ukraine, as of October 16, 2022, wagging its finger over its nuclear option, 
Should foreign powers and allies become more physically involved in Ukraine's efforts to repulse its advances? Operation Able Archer, Raindrops from Hell The Bible indicates that, not only will mighty Babylon the Great collapse in under one hour, she will also be burned to a crisp, with fire. This, no doubt, is meant to imply that an all-out, more direct nuclear attack might immediately follow any debilitating nuclear hemp strike. She will not be left to linger long in her suffering, so determined is God's design against her, so passionate his heartfelt, longing and desire for her complete desolation. In fact, it might easily be said that, if there is one silver lining here, one bright spot for America, at what will be its last and its most desperate hour, it has to be that her downfall will not only be merciless, it will also be swift and complete, so that if there is to be any widespread suffering at all, it will not be much, and not for long. Think the foregoing scenario to be far-fetched? The Andropov era of Cold War paranoia is over, but the occasion for Russian agitation and proneness to aggression in the face of U.S. foreign policy and involvement in international affairs is not. Consider. And, as for that, consideration, ladies and gentlemen, you will have to make plans to join us next time for episode number 22 of the Bible Prophecy Masterclass. We hope to see you then. Until we meet again, God bless.